Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a this is a story that is uncomfortably close to me, dudes and dudettes. Wait, why, Ben? Why? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Noel. Um, we, we were all kids, including our illustrious super producer Casey Pegram. And we've all done kind of dumb stuff growing up for stunts and such. Yeah. <laughs> where, where are you going with this, Ben? I, uh, I'm not proud of it, but I, I swallowed some goldfish in my time. Some goldfish? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Multiple goldfish. Not a, not like at once, no. Not, not, nothing crazy. Oh, my goodness. What led to this, uh, this uh, occurrence, Ben? And uh, did you poop it out? Oh, man. No, this is, never mind. Don't answer that. But do, <laughs> do answer the first one. Sure, sure. Uh, so it, it was a dare situation. Not the uh, anti-drug program so popular in Georgia, uh, but it was uh, it was like a my dumb friends dared me and dumb me thought, well, I'll do it. I've eaten a lot of strange things in my time. Yeah, it's sort of your thing. <laughs> it's one of those things, yeah. Well, yeah, it's good to have things, Ben. It's good to have hobbies and things you care about. Uh, so, Ben, wh- were these like um, goldfish in bags, sort of like uh, – County fair style, or did they come out of someone's beloved uh, collection of fish in an aquarium? Uh, these these were this is even worse, man. These were purposely purchased sacrifices. You're a monster, Ben. I never knew this I'm about a you. Bad person. You're not, Ben. It's okay. Because it turns out this was an absolute craze. It was a fad. I'm not sure if that if that completely absolves you, but at least yeah. you're not the first person to have this idea. It turns out it was practically institutionalized thanks to an organization that's probably responsible for a lot of idiotic, weird, culty behavior. The Harvard Union. Yeah, the Harvard Union. Uh, on March 3rd, 1939. A freshman with the brilliant name Lothrop Withington. I bet he was really grew up really poor. <laughs> yeah, Lothrop 
Withington Jr., uh, class of 42. Yeah, you know what? He had a lot. He had a lot to work against with that name. Anyway, he had a bet with his roommates that involved swallowing goldfish, and he swallowed a live goldfish. He got 10 bucks for doing this, which was actually more than I got uh, years later. And uh, well, Let's not forget, this was in 1939, so 10 bucks in 1939 dollars. That's a lot of scratch. Yeah, should we handy-dandy inflation calculator that beast? Yeah, I want to get a sense of the market price here. And the results are in. $10 in 1939 is worth, Casey, if we could have the drum roll. Perfect. $182.93. You made a decent living down in Goldfish in those days, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. Is your opinion changing now? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, so he gets this money, but he also starts a craze. And over a two-month period, this fad is blowing up in colleges across the land. People are swallowing goldfish uh, left and right. And Withington, by the way, does talk about this, but he doesn't, he doesn't sound like the nicest guy. Yeah, he was quoted as saying it was purely a case of mind over matter. I don't mind. And the fish don't matter. Boo. See, you at least probably had a little bit of empathy for uh, for, the, for the fish, Ben, right? I know. I still eat seafood. Yeah, of course you eat seafood, but this is a, a live goldfish we're talking about. Fish have feelings, right? Uh, probably, yeah. It's possible. I, I was a kid that, at the time. That's, but... a, that's a very good point. I, I do want to point out, too, that this uh, became such a thing um, that Time Magazine referred to it as among the maddest in the annals of U.S. undergrads. It was literally, this is my words, not Time's, uh, the butt-chugging of 1939. Ah, the boofing. Uh, so people do react adversely to this. The Animal Rescue League thinks this is terrible. And then the criticism grows in line with the craze such that Massachusetts state senator at the time, George Krapf, K-R-A-P-F, filed this bill. The F might be silent, though. I would love that if that were the case. <laughs> yes. Uh, he filed a bill to preserve the fish from cruel and wanton consumption. Lothrop, in a letter to the New York Times in 1963, says that he actually did this because his quote-unquote campaign managers advised him to do it as a publicity stunt when he was running for class president. Because once upon a time, he said that he had eaten a live goldfish before. They're like, prove it. Yeah. Prove it. Put your goldfish where your mouth is and then stick it in there and swallow it. <laughs> and then he said, this is what a class president needs. Um he did take a toothbrush out and, and brush his teeth afterwards because he said the scales caught a bit on his throat when they went down. And one of the reasons this became so well known is that there were reporters and photographers in attendance at the time when uh, Withington swallowed this live goldfish. Also, apparently, and I'm not super clear on this, apparently he ate mashed potatoes afterwards for some reason. As a cleanser, I don't know. Yeah, just to, you know, clear. Yeah, I mean, fish are sharp. Fish have weird little spiny edges. Maybe it, like, scratched up his throat a little bit. I mean, I don't know. That's probably not sure. A goldfish probably goes down real smooth. Well, Noel, I, I, I'm surprised that you would say that. Sadly, from experience, I can tell you that's not always the case. But also, uh, you in particular, my friend, uh, you have a, dare I call it, 
uh, a very specific phobia that involves the idea of swallowing fish. Okay. Okay. First of all, Ben, I know what you're talking about here. I know I'm, what you're I'm not, I, know. I don't want to put I, you on the I, spot. I know, no, 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 it's fine. I'll put myself on the spot, Ben. I want to shine the spotlight squarely in, in, in my own face. Um, yeah, we were on a trip one time uh, doing doing some shows, and we went to a really nice Thai restaurant and got a whole fish that we were sharing between you and me and uh, our compatriot, Matt Frederick. And it was one of those fish that have all the little spiny bones in, and I caught one in my throat, and I thought I was uh, having a panic attack and that I was never, it was never going to leave my throat. I thought it was just in there for life, and I could feel the scratchiness of it for weeks to come. Uh, pretty sure I, I, I got rid of it much quicker than that, but um, I tried swallowing bread. I tried, uh, you know... Like all, changing your posture. Change, uh, my posture. Coffee. Doing the whole, like, Ugh, kind of thing, yeah. you know, and uh, swallowing ice cubes, and nothing did the trick. Um, so that sensation is really more what uh, did it for me than, you know, actually something being lodged in my throat. But this is different, Ben. This is a tiny goldfish that's presumably quite slippery and ought to go right on down the hatch, right? Yeah, and uh, for the record, man, I'm, I'm so glad you're okay. That did seem quite traumatic. Uh, in my mind, I was like, this is just my life now. Yeah. I this bone you, is never you, going anywhere. You said that out loud several times. I sure did. Uh, we almost didn't do this show, but we did We did a great show, and uh, we, we, we learned... Our lesson here, you are right. Live fish or live goldfish would be a very different case. So we mentioned that there was a media presence. There were paparazzi in the in the audience when Winthington did this. And most of the reaction to the story was favorable. It was a wacky story. It was kind of like an America's Funniest Home Videos uh, anecdote of its time. He got job offers. He got fan letters, newspaper clippings. And Boston papers played a huge role in spreading this story. In the Boston Herald, a writer named Eva Williams Raymond wrote, uh, wrote a response to the goldfish swallowing craze in verse. She said, To end this paranoid prank, oh, Harvard, how I wish you'd put the students in a tank and graduate the fish. That's very cute. That's well. That's that's all, Eva, man. I know, but it's Eva. like it's the perfect, most uh, basic kind of absurdist concept. You know, it's like, what if bicycles rode people? <laughs> I love ideas like that. So funny. So this publicity inspires a bunch of other people to write into a bunch of other papers, and these papers run letters they like, and they rerun other stories. And one letter to the editor had a point about, uh, about classism that I thought was cutting. I think it is wonderful the advantages boys have who go to Harvard with its background of 300 years of educational preeminence. Those of us who, for financial reasons, have to send our children to Wesleyan or other places just can't hope to give them an opportunity to learn how to swallow live goldfish. Well, if you think about it, I mean, it's sort of like a, uh, a junior version of like the Ortolan, you know, which oh, is yeah. like that uh, songbird that the uber-rich would eat whole deep fried uh, bones and all and put like a cloth over their eyes or their head to hide their shame from God. Uh, there's a really great scene, totally illegal to do now. Um, uh, but People still a, do it. it that's what I'm saying. There's a scene in the fantastic HBO series Succession um, where one of the characters takes sort of an underling to this uh, very secret uh, exclusive supper club and they, they do the Ortolan and he sort of explains to him the tradition of it and how it represents complete and utter opulence and depravity. Yeah. Also, for the record, you know how there's that controversy or criticism about foie gras because 
you're essentially torturing the animal. I've seen videos. It is it is is more than essentially. It's absolutely torturing the yeah, animal. Yeah, it's past the line for me, honestly. Uh, the ortolan isn't just caught and cooked. They're kept in cages where they can't move, and they're fat like veal, mm. like veal. Mm. Uh, but back to the publicity, right? The goldfish swallowing craze isn't just a a whoa look at us wild and crazy guys hanging out swallowing fish. It's also competitive. And so people start trying to set records. Three weeks after Lothrop does his goldfish swallowing stunt, a guy named Frank Hope Jr. tries to one-up him or double-up him by swallowing three goldfish and saying that Lothrop is, quote, a sissy. (laughs) Which is, as you know, I'm sure everybody's nodding in agreement. Um, The measure of masculinity is clearly how many fish you can, how many live fish you can put in your mouth at once. I don't, I don't know. Again, mm. it's a different time. A lot of this is coming from the National Museum of American History, too. And you have to wonder with actual educational sites write about these kind of stories. I, I like to think the author is having fun with it. I would. I would also like to think that. Then you have uh, David Blaine, you know, in modern times where he's swallowing baby frogs and then puking them back up into a glass of water. I believe it was on uh, – what's his name? James Corden. It sounds like something David Blaine would do. And he probably was conscious of the goldfish craze. He would be right at home, actually, in this intense competition because how long do you think Frank Hope's three-fish record lasted? I would imagine not long. I mean, it doesn't require too much of a skill swallowing. And, I mean, David Blaine swallowed a man, puked them back up. The swallowing part's the easy part. So I would imagine somebody bested him pretty quickly. Yeah, you're right. Within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, another student at Frank's College, a guy named George Rabb, swallows six fish. And now we've got three different schools battling to be the, uh, I don't know, the premier fish swallowers. And when you hear this next story, everyone, keep in mind that these are college students and they're not just college students. They're at some of the most privileged colleges in the world. Just want you to remember that when you hear about Irving Clark Jr. was a student at Harvard, he swallowed, not only did he swallow two dozen goldfish, but he furthermore promised publicly to eat, quote, any bug for a nickel, an angleworm for a dime. And he said, if you give me a quarter, I will eat a beetle. He just sounds like that gross kid right? in the neighborhood, you know? Like, sounds like a glue eater. Exactly. Uh, did we talk about the the way Life magazine characterized this in the 30s, this whole craze? I don't think we did. I, I love this because it's just really fun to read in that, like, mid-Atlantic accent. Mm. Um, actually, no, uh, here we go. Uh, Time magazine wrote about this uh, craze in 1939. Last week, Joe College was busy gulping goldfish. He garnished it with salt, with mayonnaise, or with ketchup. And he chased it with milk, orange juice, or soda pop. But one routine did not vary. Each goldfish was gulped alive. See, that's the kind of thing you love to read, Max. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And the headline was, Crazy Co-Ed Gulps a Guppy. <laughs> oh, that made my day. Uh, I love the alliteration. It's like a, a cognitive tickle. Writing a headline really is a skill in and of itself. You can tell when people in, uh, especially in British press, are happy or, the, you know, you can tell when they've had a back pocket pun they've been waiting to unleash. I always wonder how they get away with it. By the way, send us your favorite weird headlines for, for crazes. Just anything with some um, arresting or whimsical language. 
tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. The big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. So the goldfish competition doesn't stop there. Other colleges get involved. There's this guy from the University of Pennsylvania. His name is Gilbert Hollanderski. He downs goldfish. He doesn't down one. He doesn't down three. He doesn't down six. He doesn't down two dozen. He downs 25. And then he eats a steak dinner. And from then... Well, he earned it. He earned it. He worked for that one. Uh, the steak might not have tasted that great, but, you know, it's 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 about the message. It's the I principle. don't know, man. A good steak will wipe away any uh, foul taste from your mouth, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh, man. I've been going through a steak phase. I don't know if I told you. It's no. It's like the only meat I've been eating recently. It's good. The it's rest good. of it's good. all vegetarian. It's good stuff. Apologies to any vegans out there. I'm a fan of a steak. I'm not going to apologize uh, for that, even though I kind of just did. <laughs> I, I, re- I rescind my apology. <laughs> Suck it, vegans. <laughs> just kidding. So we know that after Gilbert, more and more people from around the country, again, overwhelming college students, are swallowing more and more fish to try to set the record. There's an escalation of fish swallowing. There sure is, Ben. There sure is. Yeah, yeah. There's, for instance, Julius Eisner from University of Michigan, swallowed 29. And then Michael Bonner, uh, Albright College football captain, 833. Yeah, then we've got our boy Albert Hayes from MIT, no less. Um, He downed 42 goldfish. Um, and actually there was, it became such a, like a, like almost like a, uh, spectator sport or a competitive thing. There became an intercollegiate goldfish swallowing competition of which he was the champion. That's so wild. And then people, as you said, began performing it right in front of crowds. A lot of good names in this uh, in this episode. This might be my favorite. We've got Jack Smookler from Northeastern. He swallowed 38 fish uh, in front of a crowd. So it really is becoming kind of a spectator sport. Then we have Gordon Southworth, who ate 67 uh, of, of, the, of those uh, regularly little guys. Uh, he did that in just 14 minutes. 67 fish in 14 minutes. That that see now now we're starting to inch into the like that first guy that came up with this yeah. who ate like what two one one. 
Yeah, that guy. Well, two over the course of his life. Probably. Two over the course of his life. Um, you know, but I bet he was kind of like, my work is done here. Yeah. You know, I made something that people will remember. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I, I don't think he imagined that someone like Gordon would come along and be a competitive eater. 67 goldfish in just 14 minutes. And then there's there's another record. There are a couple other records that get even more egregious. Like, at this point, it's just gratuitous. You know what I mean? At this point, I'm worried about goldfish population. guy went to Clark University. His name is Joseph Deliberato. He swallowed 89 goldfish. And he is, uh, he is still not the record holder. Uh, we also know that this wasn't just the domain of dudes. There was Mary Hansen of the University of Missouri, famously known as the first female student to swallow a live goldfish. Uh, but a professor of anatomy at UCLA got involved. And this professor said, this actually entry on encyclopedia.com, this professor said, an average size human male can safely eat 150 live goldfish. I'm sorry, the average male mm-hmm. can say, oh, so they, they needed to weigh in uh, lest somebody eat one more than that number and, uh, and die. Right, right. I wonder what that – do you think it's a toxicity thing or it's just like a stomach capacity thing? It might be just a stomach capacity thing. Yeah. Because w- what's interesting about this is uh, there's something called the satiety response. Uh. And it, it means that it takes your it takes your stomach anywhere between 17 to 23 minutes to successfully send a message to your brain that says, I'm full. Mm. So that's why when you're doing competitive eating, you really want to go for as much as you can in 14 minutes. And then, oh, because otherwise just, your brain will shut you down. And then just hold on. As, as well it should because it seems like that's a really bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Got to wonder too, how long do you think it takes the, the poor little guys to die once they get into your stomach and hit all that acid? I don't like to think about it, man. Yeah, you monster. Whatever. <sighs> God, man. Seeing a whole new side of you today. I've done a lot of good things. Too. I know you have. You're, you're ultimately good. That was a long time ago, Ben. You were but a child. You didn't know any better. Walt Whitman said we are vast. We contain multitudes. Yeah, you contained multitudes of goldfish. Right. Uh, so we have one last record that seems to take the cake. An anonymous student at St. Mary's downed 210 fish. In one city. And then promptly dropped dead because that's clearly over the limit. Come on. And then he died of goldfish. Yes. Yeah. Consumption. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, that's that's insane. That, that that seems like – I mean, what must that feel like? They're, if they're, again, like I don't want to get too grisly with it, but they wouldn't die immediately. They'd be swimming around in your stomach for a second. Or do you think they would die before they hit your uh, hit your stomach? Because uh, of the squeezingness of the of the uh, esophagus and all that, I don't the squeezingness. Know exactly. I just made up that word. I, yeah, I don't know exactly when they would expire. Yeah, but I imagine it's even more horrific for the fish if you're eating so many at one time because they're being crushed under their brethren. Jeez, Ben. Okay. We went a little too dark with this one, but we're going to come back because this thing eventually uh, went international. Um, Didn't take off uh, internationally quite as uh, as much as it did in uh, in the States, but it did make its way to Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. Citizens in Belgium in a town called Grammont or Grammont said that they consume 50 goldfish at their annual... Let's see, how would you pronounce it? Oh, oh, let's call it Feast of der Krakalinga. I like it when you do German. Thanks, man. But I misspoke. 
this was not them just copying the the uh, the new American fad. No, no, no. This was actually a uh, a tradition dating back to the 14th century. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah, and also pretty sure that um, our original uh, college boy didn't didn't know about that. It wasn't it wasn't some kind of like uh, you know cultural appropriation. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, it's weird because back over the pond in the U.S. There's the rise of an institution called the Intercollegiate Goldfish Gulping Association. They were trying to be the authoritative source uh, for people reporting the number of fish they swallowed. And they started doing regulations. They said the fish have to be three inches long and they have to be retained by the participants for at least 12 hours. Since we're a family show, let's just say what that means is that they can't put the fish in their mouth and then spit it out. Right. Or poop it out. Right. That would take a little longer, though. I am. Um, Can you imagine what that uh, movement would look like? I'd rather not. Okay, same. <laughs> so, Sorry I even brought it up. Well, you know. Casey's making a disgusted face over there, by the way. He should. You should be disgusted. If you were, were licking his lips, I, I would be worried. Uh, Casey, you'll enjoy this part because other people wanted to get into the swallowing live animals game, but they wanted to have their own twist on it. They didn't want to just be uh, guppies following the goldfish gulping herd. So one guy, John Popelwriter, and this is over the line even for me, he swallowed five white mice. That seems dangerous, doesn't it? The claws, the teeth. Yeah, it's like some Richard Gere gerbil stuff right there. Yeah, it's like some some like Gigi Allen unwinding in the green room stuff. Oof. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't. And, and again, not to mention that it's just absolutely cruel and inhumane. You know, we think of fish as being, you know, not exactly as feeling and anthropomorphizable as, uh, you know, mammals, I guess. But. Uh, I don't know, you got your Finding Nemo. I guess it's been, fish have been anthropomorphized plenty. What am I talking about? For some reason, it seems like people draw a line, you know, like, oh, we can swallow goldfish all day long. But not mammals. But not mammals, yeah. So this really, really is over the line. You're right, Ben. Well, I, it's I, to each their own, I guess. But I I don't know. Swallowing a live mouse seems like maybe a survival situation. You know, if you're if you're stuck and you're starving and you have to eat something, then I could see it. But doing it for fun because you're in college, that's wild. I hope that guy's okay. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. 
Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. At Gregan State, a student decided to swallow 139 angleworms. What is what is an angleworm? What do they look like? What's their what's their thing? I'm assuming they are angular. There we go. They're like a right. You think they're a right angle, an obtuse angle? Nope, just look like regular worms. It's pretty pretty underwhelming angle. Yeah, just looks like an earthworm to me. I'm pulling up one as well. Uh, oh man, no, I would, uh, if I had to do something like this again, which I don't, and I don't condone it. I know we have some teachers and children listening to the show. Kids, if you're listening, no one here is condoning swallowing live goldfish. Don't do it. No. And I'm also sorry. I told vegans to suck it. <laughs> We're, we have made our peace. We have made our peace, but we have also seen the tide turn on goldfish gulping because people also did their own spins on on the goldfish phenomenon. There was, for instance, a, a college student back at Harvard who decided to, instead of swallowing fish, kiss them. And he kissed 133 fish. It, w- it was kind of like a childish prank. But the tide eventually turned. The sun eventually set on the practice of eating goldfish while they were still alive. And it had something to do with that bill that we mentioned by Senator George Krapf. Um, you know, the preserving the fish from cruel and wanton consumption. And then this predecessor to like a, a ethical treatment of animals organization came into play, Animal Rescue Legion. And the president of Boston's Animal League even threatened legal action, right? Like they had several things going against them. They really did, as they should have. And just a really quick aside, just want to point out that on Amazon, you can get uh, uh, angleworm um, fishing bait kind of lures, sort of like, uh, you know, rubber or whatever. And the brand or the name of the model, I guess, the company's called Berkeley. You'll never believe what it's called, Ben. It's called Gulp, exclamation mark. uh, That's what you want the fish to do, I guess. I guess it is. I guess it is. (sighs) Well, Boston's Animal League. They said that if you are caught swallowing goldfish on campus, you will be arrested. Mm, interesting. If, if the campus officials don't step in and stop this. So goldfish swallowing went underground, like with cockfighting. Or fight and, club. And, and fight, all that stuff. Yeah. Additionally, the U.S. Public Health Service said that goldfish may contain tapeworms or harbor disease. Well, I would hope so. These guys have it coming. And so we see the demise of the era the end of the age of swallowing goldfish. But Lothrop Withington Jr. was known as a goldfish swallower for the rest of his life, and he didn't ever apologize for it. He made appearances on different shows like To Tell the Truth, What's My Line, and I've Got a Secret. And he lived a uh, a long, healthy life. And when he passed away at 96, he was still driving around town and using his exercise bike. So it wasn't fatal for him. Uh, it gave him some celebrity, though I don't think he needed the money. I'm just going to say I don't think he needed the 10 bucks. Pretty sure you're right there. <laughs> pretty sure you're right. So what's the weirdest thing that you have ever eaten? Let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I once accidentally swallowed an entire lozenge with the wrapper on and everything. What, hap- what happened? I didn't die. You didn't die? What, no. fl- what flavor was the lozenge? It was a Ricola. 
Oh yeah, those are great though. Mm-hmm. If you had to choose one. <laughs> now when I say the entire wrapper on, I mean you know how Ricola has an outer wrapper and then it also has a little piece of wax paper around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Well you you, you could di- digest that. You're right? also Probably. not you're not supposed to swallow Ricola's whole they're not like horse pills. You know, you're supposed yeah. to suck on them. So they can give you relief from your you know, from what ails you, from your little your little cough. Your Maybe cr- you were in a, hur- a hurry. I usually am. You were in a hurry. Yeah. Uh we do want to hear. We do want to hear some of the weirdest stuff you've eaten. Tell us. Tell our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners. On Facebook, we particularly like to recommend our community page, Ridiculous Historians. You can also find us as individuals. I am at Ben Bullen on Instagram and at Ben Bullen HSW on Twitter. You can find me exclusively on Instagram at How Now Noel Brown. Huge thanks to super producer Casey Pegram, Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Research associate Gabe Loser. And of course, as always, thanks to. Oh. Drat. It's time, gentlemen. <laughs> what time is it, Jonathan? It, it, it's, it's quizzer time. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Strickland, aka the yeah. quizzer. Uh, first, n- number one, as always, how dare you? Mm. Uh, number two, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is the first time we've been hanging out in 2020. Mm. Is that what you call this? Hanging out? It's more like getting, getting attacked in an alley. Oh, just wait. Listen, you two. I've got beef with both of you. What happened to your accent? The, listen, beef <laughs> beef supersedes accent. Okay. Or All affectation. Right. All right. Oh, no. You're My good. beef is that for too long, you guys have been doing your paper, rock, scissors, which means you might as well flip a coin before I even say anything and just go with that, and you'll be just as likely to get the right answer or the wrong answer. It takes all the glee out of victory and all the sting out of defeat, so now we have changed the game. Oh. Gentlemen, now you will be presented with three short stories. You have to choose which of the three is fake. So I will give you three stories. We could just paper, rock, scissors for each of them. Right, but then you're going to have to decide if you get two that are right, which one's going to be the right right. one. So you still, it it decreases your odds by by a, I don't have time to get into statistical analysis. I love it. I'm glad you thought about it. This is by far the most diabolical thing you've done yet. Yes. Well, you know, it's one of my resolutions for 2020. Well, I'm really glad. Increase my diabolicalness by 14%. I like that. Lean into it. You're off to a strong start, sir. Give it to us. Here are your three scenarios. And, of course, we will uh, start the timer. Uh, I will not be answering any questions. So there'll be no need for any arbitrary rules. Wow, you're serious. Mm, Okay. mm, Okay. I just want to hear you scramble. So here are your three three scenarios. Now, uh, if I recall correctly, you were talking about swallowing goldfish mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, live, so live. These, these are three fishermen-related stories. Oh, okay. All well, three taking place in the distant year of 2018. <laughs> so, okay. March 2018. A fisherman near Siberia noticed something odd poking out of the snow while walking along the shore. It was a human hand. Upon further investigation, it turned out it wasn't just a human hand. It was a whole bag of human hands, 54 of them in total. September 2018, an Irish fisherman pulled in his fishing nets and got more than what he bargained for. Rather than a haul of fishies, he discovered that his net had captured the skull and antlers of a giant Irish elk, an animal that had gone extinct more than 10,000 years ago. November 2018, a fisherman in Okinawa discovered something odd in his nets that caused a bit of a stir at a nearby American military base. 
It was an unexploded torpedo, one that clearly belonged to the American military, but according to every manifest on the base, should have been sitting safely in storage. Begin. Okay, I'm running for the clock and go. <sighs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm into this. Uh, and those are all, you know what? I'm going to give the, you know, every, every quizster deserves his day. I'm going to give him props. These are all pretty well crafted. I think um, it's number one. I think it's number one. Well, my only thing about number one, see, here, here's the reason why I do think it's number one. Why you, why you think it's fake? Oh, you think number one's fake? Yeah. We're supposed to find the one that's fake. I know. I'll tell you why. I Okay, interesting. This is why you think it's true. I think it's true because there's a detail in it that doesn't make sense uh, that, that that Jonathan is, is, excuse me for giving him a compliment, too smart to have uh, missed. Uh, why would a hand be sticking up if it was a bag of hands? Why wouldn't they have just discovered a bag? Right, unless the bag was overflowing. This is this is interesting because we're getting into the Quister psychology we're trying to, yeah. a little bit yeah. now because if you think about it, in the past when John, do you like how we're talking like you're not actually here? No, I'm not here. With his arms crossed, You're not smirking. allowed to ask me questions, Ben. Right. Just go ahead. Oh, God, that was a question. All right, fine. Leave it in. No, Casey, leave it in. So when Jonathan was creating fake stories in the past, he would tend to, and no offense here, he would tend to add more details than were necessary. That's right. To flesh out the credibility. His so fatal that, flaw. So the fact, but, but... Did he anticipate us knowing that? Because we've all, all four of us have talked about that before. So clearly you can't choose the cup in front of you. Right. Yeah. I Is that a Princess Bride yes. reference? You, you can't ask me any questions. No. no. Okay. Sorry. It's weird that we can't ask you questions, but, but you're leaning oh, in. Wait, wait, hold on. my game. Hold on a second. No, <laughs> there's still a way for us to rock, paper, scissors. We can just rock, paper, scissors as to whether we're going to choose one as being fake. <laughs> right, right. But then let's say that you, you agree on two of them. Does that mean the third one out is the fake one? Well... Or? I, I see that's so what, okay. It, okay, it, it complicates it slightly, <laughs> but not not that much. Let's let's shift to let's shift to the other two stories. So the second story is about that skull and antlers of a giant elk that went extinct ten thousand years ago. And why that's, would it be intact? Why would why there would be it, a fully intact? It would right. be fossilized somewhere. It would be buried. You right. wouldn't just have that sitting on the seafloor. Erosion and things would have buried it. It wouldn't just get dug up. So I, that's what's that's what's persuading me that maybe number. Two is the answer. Number three, I'm going to say that seems legit. That seems legit. Mm -hmm. It seems like that actually happened because there, uh, there's some military grade weaponry off the coast of Savannah right now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the detail of that it should have been safely in storage is interesting. But I don't know, Ben. I, I tend to go with the uh, the elk. I think, uh, yeah, I'm thinking two. You want right, to lock it in? Let's lock it in. All right, we're locking it in. Two. Two. Twenty twenty begins. Quiz to one. You chumps zero. That was a completely true story. It really did wow. happen. Yes, an Irish fisherman actually did pull in his nets. He thought at first that it was a log, realized then it was a skull of an Irish elk. Was it Bag of Hands that was fake? Bag of Hands was also true. The one that you were... Because the was what? Oh, we like fake. double lost. Yes. We thought that only right. counts as one. I know. I know. But I'm I'm enjoying it anyway. I, yes. You know, I can't even be mad. Well done, That was Jonathan. well done. And so, I got to say, I like this new way. I like this new method. This new method the hands thing, madness. by the way, everyone was scared that it was a... Uh, Perhaps some sort of hand-seeking psychopathic killer, Keskese, fa 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 But it was not. Uh, it turns out that it was a forensics lab that had misplaced a bag of hands, as you do. You know, do. they they got away. I mean, it's like red-handed. 
a bag of hands is the mm-hmm. falling sparrow of the forensic world. Indeed. You just can't keep your eye on Indeed. everyone. Indeed. So, uh, so yes, well, well played. Unfortunately, you came up short this time, but who knows what next time will bring. I, I mean, did, I do. I've got it written right in front of me, but we're not ready to do that one yet. I can just, I can feel the smugness emanating it's, off you. It's pretty good. I, it comes I, off like stink lines in a cartoon. But now when you get them right, and you will, when you get them right, uh, it is going to hurt so much more wow. when you get them right. Well, Okay, first, hang on, man. Mm. I played games with children before, and that's how I talk to children when I'm playing games. Like, hey, buddy, when you win, imagine how cool that'll be. Keep playing. Congratulations, Ben. Your resolution to get a little bit more into the psyche of Jonathan has somewhat paid off. I also like, I want to say, the legalistic entity in me is, is noting that you officially reset our score. So it's one zero now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a new game. Wait a minute. So where uh, did we where did we shake out for twenty nineteen? You have one behind. <sighs> so we got close. real close. Well, that's I mean that's endearing, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. We're not in it to win it. We're just in it for fun. That's what we tell ourselves when we lose. Well, and, and to be <laughs> fair, these three were very odd stories and they were all very recent but they had to do with things from the past i'm just so impressed that the okinawa story completely got past this well that was the one that like we both agree seemed pretty legit so again you know um not to belittle my seething hatred for you uh, but i do commend you for for this this round thank you oh i want to give you one more insight just so that you know Mm -hmm. this going in because i know that's going to come up you're going to sit there and say well he chose three last time so why would he put it in the third place this time I am uh, going to put these in chronological order every single week. So if you had noticed, uh, in that case, it was March, September, mm-hmm. November. So it will always be in chronological order of story. That will determine which one, you know, whenever you guess which one's fake. It's not I decided to try and fool you by putting it in position two instead of position one. So it's going to be based yeah. on the year or the month or whatever. Well, you are definitely, I've always respected that if we were D&D characters, you would be lawful evil. Mm. And that's very yes, lawful The rules evil. are very important. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, and, and you really have given this some thought, and I can't uh, I can't hold that against you. So uh, a begrudging thanks to Jonathan Strickland, the notorious quizster. I mean, wait, I want everyone to know how slowly I'm clapping. You could, you could definitely clap slower than that, though, Ben. Come on. We all knew it was a matter of time before Ben there gave me go. the clap. <laughs> oh, family show. Uh, yes, thanks uh, thanks to Jonathan Strickland, the quizster. Thanks to super producer Casey Pegram. That's true. Alex Williams, who composed our theme, research associate Gabe Loser, Christopher Hasiotis, here in spirit, as always, Eve's Jeff Coast. Check out her shows um, this day in history class, which I do believe we're going to be guesting on at some point in the near future, mm-hmm. uh, and also Solution Sessions, the Afropunk podcast, which, which is, is really great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thanks of course uh, to all the the uh, brave innocent goldfish who in a way gave their lives so that we can make this show and uh, Noel thanks to you hey thanks to you buddy happy new year for more podcasts from iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. 
True story, the intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 